Welcome to the Queer and Poly podcast, the silly and serious shenanigans of two queer and polyamorous relationship coaches. I'm your host, Elizabeth Cunningham. And I'm your host, Leanna Griech. On this podcast, we talk about all things queer and poly from our professional perspective as relationship coaches, our own personal experience, um, and as partners. And if you love our show, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter at queer underscore and underscore poly. And you can also check out our website, queerandpoly.com. Thank you for following us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's true. That's been the other thing that's been really healing. That was the thing that I said that I was it flew away. What was it? Is that um, there can be fun, sexy things without the expectation of sex. There we go. That's what that was the thing that I was like, oh, I know there was another thing. That was the thing is that with both of you, there I'm not worried that if I get too kissy, mm. you know, or too affectionate, quote unquote, too mm. affectionate. Right. Um, that then there will be an expectation of sex. Right. And that has been fucking awesome. Because <laughs> I love being affectionate. I love being affectionate. I love being affectionate. I love being sensual. I love being, like, touchy. <laughs> I love it so much. And, like, in past relationships, that has been, like, a, oh, well, you're just leading me on. Or you're teasing me. You're such a tease. That's what I used to hear all the time. You're Hello. Woo! <laughs> Full screen, baby. Welcome, welcome. Gather around, y'all. We plugged everything in, so it won't die. <laughs> I really do love how we started off everything with some sort of technology related. <laughs> Either something's going, something's going on, or we're doing something to prevent something from going on. <laughs> <laughs> well we're doing this over technology and we're both not tech people so i feel like that checks out <laughs> oh, welcome <laughs> to the queer and poly podcast Woo-hoo! yeah <laughs> yeah is my color color okay here honey <laughs> no. there you go thank you but hey you asked me about it well, because now I think about it, I'm like, oh, man, she's going to fix my color. <laughs> <laughs> That's more of like, oh, no. That was honestly, it. that was one of the first things, like, when we started hanging out in person mm. was one of the first things that I noticed. that like, you just had, like, I don't get, that makes no sense to me that people yeah. who wear collared, like, some people, some people who wear collared shirts <laughs> don't care or are aware of how, excuse me, how the collar looks. And that blows my mind because it drives me absolutely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, because like I wear collared shirts as well, uh, not as often, but, and I, you know, I make sure that the collar is adjusted. And so I don't know, that just like, like you do, but you just pay more attention to how you look, you know? Mm. Like that is just something that's important to you. That's just like 
creating the artistry of your I do. I like creating outfits. Yeah, your That's outer true. expression. Me, I'm like, look, it's comfortable. <laughs> I'm not naked. <laughs> I think it matches enough. <laughs> it's like one of our friends uh, who would rather just be naked pretty much all the time. And it's just like, look, I put on clothes, so I feel like everyone should be grateful for that. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How those clothes look irrelevant because I would rather not be wearing them. So, but it is it is hilarious mm-hmm. too for me with my colored shirts because literally every girlfriend <laughs> I've ever had has always fixed <laughs> my color. And Maybe so it's, it's like, like it's you have a messed up color to have an endearing relationship. I know. You know I do. I do actually really enjoy it. I don't do it on purpose for that reason, but I do actually enjoy it when it's like, come here. And it's like, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is so great. <laughs> it's like the same as like, you're so friggin cute. It's like the same as when a woman does a tie for me. Oh, my God. I do know how to tie ties. Well, that's, we have not had that opportunity yet. Well, yeah. next time I wear a tie, you're going to do it for me. There you go. Yeah, because did you wear a tie for Les Prom? Yeah, I did, but I did it. But you did it? I had come yeah. over Yeah, it, that's so. right. So next time. I know. Yeah. Uh, that, I would love that. Yeah. Love, that. love it. Love it, love it, love yeah. it. <laughs> ah, all right. What are we talking about today? Cycles of turn on. Yes. <laughs> I was like, right? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, did it, well, did No, we are we are talking about <laughs> cycles of turn on. And what we mean by that is that if you are someone who has sex, get turned gets turned on, if you fall into that category, fools around, likes to uh have erotic pleasure, whatever. Whatever your favorite verbiage mm. of that mm. is. Yes. Um, then you're probably not turned on all of the time. Unless you are. <laughs> there are definitely. But the point point being is that there are some people uh, and most pe- most people know this i feel like this is general knowledge mm. um is that um yeah some people have a higher sex that's higher sex drive than other people right so that's kind of like the colloquial yeah. raises hands yeah <laughs> That's kind of the uh, raises yeah. both hands raises both hands <laughs> Leah's turned on a lot. Oh, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> like wake me up in the middle of the night and I'm like, let's go. <laughs> let's let's do this. <laughs> Whereas I'm someone who definitely has a lot more uh it my my turn on is a lot more <laughs> variation. Sick. Variation. Varied, mm-hmm. very varied. Um and it is pretty cyclical. With mm-hmm. my uh, with my own cycle, like with my period, mm-hmm. and so and a lot of people experience the like more cyclical mm-hmm. nature of being turned on, um, or experiencing a higher sex drive. Again, whatever verbiage makes the most sense 
to you. This is going to be an episode where I'm going to ask you to not get tied down in semantics (laughs) because I might say things, we might say things where it's like you wouldn't necessarily characterize it that way. That's fine. Don't let that get you, you know, don't let that, don't let that stop you from hearing the larger picture Mm -hmm. of what is, of what we're trying to share. Yes. (laughs) Love this. (laughs) Insert whatever verbiage turns you on, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, just as a side note, that is one of my favorite things about learning about eroticism and turn on is the words that turn people on because Mm. I love linguistics. And so to learn all of the different, like any word can be a turn on or turn off for different people. And I just geek out about that stuff. So again, insert the language that really does turn you on what's a word that turns you on what's a word that turns me on oh my god um (sighs) i like words that have like a flow to them so Mm. like cyclical Mm. and it's like has a really good i'm just like "Mm, that's tasty Mm. i also like um words that are more like scrumptious like delicious mm. um things like it gives that, like a sensual like thing a sensual thing like tasty scrumptious delicious like things that are kind of like more mm, luscious oh i love the word luscious, luscious. i was about to say i was like you love I, love, <laughs> I love the word luscious <laughs> Like I feel like that's like a that's a pretty common one. I would say yeah, like I, luscious. Yeah, definitely. I don't think that I am in the minority no, on that I one. Like that would be surprised if I were in the minority yeah. on that one. Actually, yeah. Um, but like, what are things that people could like? You can make a game. You can. You can totally make an entire game around like verbiage. The a well placed girl. It works for me, but well placed. Like girl. the word "girl." Oh, right. I was like, because I thought that old phrase. I was like, "Well placed girl." Yes. Okay. <laughs> also, a well placed girl. Really, that really. <laughs> given given the consensualness, na- consensual nature of the. Oh scene my god, that was so good. Would be like, fantastic. So I specific. think both both work. Uh, right, girl. But no, the word girl. Mm. But it has to be. That is one that is not. Well that is. It has to be well placed. It has to be the right context for the word girl to be a turn on for me. But I do like the word girl. So I love that. Yeah. I do. I'm like, I just love, I like playing with the word girl. Yeah. In different, like, as you, I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> I have noticed that. <laughs> you use girl in very delicious context. So. Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you for oh. that. Well, thank you for this feedback. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like that's so funny that like that is for you where I was like I'm like that I know that for me of like like girl is one of those things where I like to place it like in a Mm -hmm. nice way Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. no you do really well me too well thank you (laughs) well placed girl (laughs) 
so anyway, so we're talking about the cyclical nature of turn on. And we, took a, we took a turn. <laughs> well, we can connect back to this later on in the episode. I'll connect it back. We could. We could. We can. We can. We can clearly connect anything to anything. Oh my God. I, if we have learned anything from this podcast, we can clearly make connections to almost anything. It's amazing. <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, okay. So one of the uh, one of the reasons why I want to I think that this topic is important is because. There's a lot of pressure around sex. Uh, and again, insert whatever erotic thing works for you mm-hmm. if if it isn't sex. Um, but there is a lot of pressure around sex, how much you need to have sex, mm-hmm. what, yeah. you know, like. How that then relates to the health of your relationship. Yeah, how that relates to the health of the relationship, how that relates to the love that you have for mm-hmm. that person or the perceived rather the perceived love mm-hmm. that you have for that person um uh, the insecurities that arise with the either lack of sex or the too muchness of sex um for one person for whatever reason mm-hmm. yeah um, there's something wrong with you wrong there, with yeah, them yeah wrong with us yeah so there's a lot that can come up inside of that where, yeah, one person can be like, oh, I'm too much because whenever I ask for sex, my partner doesn't seem to be as willing as mm-hmm. as I am. And maybe they don't love me. Um, maybe this isn't the right relationship. You know, they're, this not, is, attracted they're not attracted to me, to me. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> I'm not good at sex. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not good at not it. desirable. Right. Like, like uh, and then there's also the person who maybe has the lower sex drive and they're like, oh, I feel a lot of pressure to do something. Guilt. Yeah, a lot of guilt where it's just like, I do, how do you convey that I do love you, but I don't want to have sex with you all of the time? And since that gets conflated, then that is hard. That conversation is hard to have, mm-hmm. um, especially if you don't have the awareness that that is a conflation, right? And uh, um and yeah, just like what is wrong with me that mm-hmm. I don't want to have right. sex? Like there's so there's a lot of um judgment, guilt, shame, morality, uh insecurity that gets wrapped up in not knowing about different types of turn-on and different cycles mm-hmm. of turn-on, even. And so how this got brought up in our conversations was around my cycles <laughs> of turn-on mm-hmm. because there can be weeks at a time where the thought of sex doesn't even enter my consciousness. Like it doesn't even. <laughs> that blows my mind. It doesn't even <laughs> occur to me that that is a thing that I want because I don't want to because I'm just like, because I'm just, my body is like, I don't need that. I don't need that right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, not that like, you know, if if different like opportunities presented themselves, it's not like I'm totally closed off necessarily, but it just doesn't occur to me as something that I want to do. <laughs> like it's just not there, not present. And it has nothing to do with 
how much I love my partners, the health of our relationship, like how I, how much they actually do turn me on. It actually doesn't even have anything to do with that either. Like it literally has nothing to do with them at all. It literally is just wherever I'm at with my own turn on or a lack of turn on that I'm just like, oh yeah, like I didn't, I didn't think about sex once today. I didn't even like, no. It blows my mind. I think about sex every single day. (laughs) It's wild to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, because that is wild to me. That is wild to me that yeah. you think about sex every single That sounds exhausting. Every single day. That's wild. At least once. I mean, multiple times, but like every single day. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. But then I have times where I'm like that too, where I'm like completely insatiable. I'm like, I just want to have sex all the time. I just really want to rip your clothes off. That's all I want to do. So great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like and i'm thinking about sex all the time and so my my sex drive is like very cyclical and i can definitely tell that it's synced up with my period and like where i'm at with that as well which makes sense Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah no i'm like that's i mean that's very common Mm -hmm. for all you vulva owners out there Mm -hmm. you know like that is that's a comment. Like, I know, for, I mean, as a vulva owner myself, <laughs> I, like, and I, I know, like, from my, from my experience, like, as I just said, I think about sex every single day. So, like, I'm down to go every single day. Like, let's do it. But that, that doesn't mean, like, I need it every single day. Like, it's more of, like, I'm totally, like, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about it. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do notice, like, even in, like, my, uh, in terms of, like, my desire around, like, oh, well, if we were to have sex right now, like, what would be, like, some things that I would want more of? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's what I notice being the, <laughs> having the cyclical nature to it, right? Like, it's, like. Oh, another good word, fluctuation. Dude, fluctuation is a solid word. Undulating. That's a really good word. Yeah. All right. (laughs) But, you know, so it's like you can even think of it in terms of just like your desires um, and like the cyclical nature of desires based on where you're at. You know, if (laughs) if you so follow the cycle of the moon Um, and and so it's just like just noticing that as well. And even if you don't own a vulva, you also will have like a variation of like turn on. Like you can relate to it in the sense of other like con- contextual. I was like, don't want to say context or contextual. That was my brain deciding. <laughs> um, contextual factors of like, you know, your stress levels, your levels of anxiety. And and so it's like you can notice that that is also going to be affecting, um, you know, <laughs> different uh, turn on points um, for everyone um, in general. And so it's just like you can relate to um, to this kind of experience, even if you don't. Um, yeah follow the moon you know yeah for sure I think that regardless of um who you are uh there's the circadian rhythm which is the daily rhythm Mm -hmm. and so you might be someone who is more and generally speaking um cisgendered men follow circadian rhythms Mm -hmm. more so than um cisgendered 
women. Um, uh, and, um, and so, yeah, so your, your cycle is a little bit more daily. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that could also be a factor in there as well. Um, and there's also the, as with everything, there's layers, right? And there's also layers too. So I'm imagining if you're listening to this episode, you might be thinking about how does this apply to my relationship? And so you can think about it in ways of, you know, when am I turned on? When am I not turned on? But it is, and it's definitely cyclical in some way, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also other factors that contribute to your turn on or lack of turn on. And uh, one of those things can be the uh, nature of your relationship, whether it be with the person that you are having sex with or not having sex with right now, whatever mm-hmm. the case, in a in an intimate or romantic or sexual relationship with where one person at least wants to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like that there may be an issue of safety. One, and when I say safety, I do not mean like you're in danger of being abused mm-hmm. or you are being abused. Although that does fall into the category of like safety. The only thing. Right. But safety also can mean for the one, one example can be like, if you feel pressured into having sex, even if it's not an abusive relationship, if you feel pressured into having sex for whatever reason, that would be, fall into the category of lack of safety because there is something that's happening that is impacting your ability to make an autonomous choice about what you want, mm-hmm. right? And so you're not able to like fully be settled in your nervous system and to have that feeling of safety in your nervous system to be able to act from there. So that feeling of settledness, of groundedness, of safety, of security, of autonomy. So again, it doesn't necessarily need to be an abusive situation. It can just be a situation where your nervous system feels um, dysregulated, Mm -hmm. right? So that's what I mean by safety in this context. Mm -hmm. And so that can absolutely, that absolutely does rather affect your turn on and your willingness to engage um, intimately sexually with your partner Mm -hmm. or partners rather a really really great resource I'm all about giving the resources (laughs) really really great resource is uh, Genevieve Rudolph's orgasmic arc so just google Genevieve Rudolph orgasmic arc arc as in a-r-k or excuse me a-r-c yeah i was like yeah sorry my bad my bad i saw (laughs) i saw a c in my brain and then i said a k with my mouth that's funny um (laughs) (laughs) a-r-c so just google that she has she has a book um it's on her website um and uh does she have i don't know i i know that it's a book (laughs) <laughs> that's what i know about it <laughs> google google, google will tell you google it 
So with the orgasmic arc, uh, turn on starts with this safety, right? right? Um, And then when there's that established safety, then there can be intrigue. So curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, there can be that little spark, whatever it is, right, for you. And I'm not going to go through the whole arc necessarily. Um, Also, it's not something that I've like super studied. And so I'm not like an expert in regurgitating that information (laughs) to you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that is, that's also a factor in your turn on as well. And then another factor is, is that your turn on can look different. Your, your turn on and your wants can then look different than your partner's turn on and wants. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that as well. So I would also hearken the <laughs> erotic blueprints <laughs> as a uh, another great resource. So Jaya Ma, erotic blueprints. This is something that I'm trained in, so I can talk <laughs> more at length. But I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not going to talk more at length about it. But like, didn't we do that? In a- we did. We okay, did talk yeah. about it. Yeah, we had it. We had an entire episode. Yeah, I was about um, to say. I'm like, what? Um. Yeah. Um. So I'm not going to necessarily get into that. But my point being here is that. Then you have each person has the has a different set of desires, and that's also where you can find friction in your turn on, mm-hmm. and that's also where you can uh, where that piece of safety can be removed mm-hmm. as well. So, for example, if your partner's turn on is more inside of like fucking, just like hard fast get it done like primal primal going for the o like let's get this shit in there you know like whatever that is and your turn on is more and 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 your wants and desires go more towards slowing down (laughs) eye gazing like slow touches like being with one another and slowly building towards penetration and possibly not even like that might not even be something that you care Mm -hmm. about um and so even if (laughs) even if you've created safety (laughs) in the space and you've created intrigue your idea of how you'd like to continue that build of turn on can be very different than your partner's idea of that. And so, and if those things are different, then that can also be a stop in the mm-hmm. turn on, right? Yeah. For one, you know, one or both people, or it can lead to like building up over time. So one of the things that really happens, because like the person who like really likes fucking, that is someone who like that's more inside of the cultural narrative mm-hmm. of like that's what sex is right right and so there can be a lot of again pressure on the person who that's not their you know their go to that's mm-hmm. not like, their fully their, that's not their full desire mm-hmm. um it can be really hard for that person to voice that that's not what they want right um, because there is this cultural narrative around like this is just what sex is. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes that person who doesn't it, it, that doesn't align for them, 
again, it can feel like shame. It can feel like guilt. It can feel like there's something wrong with me. It can feel like I'm just never going to get my needs met. It can turn into like, oh, I just don't like sex, Mm -hmm. right? Because you haven't established really what your turn on, what your eroticism, what your, again, insert your favorite word here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what that means for you. Mm. Yeah. I love hearing you talk about I, things. I just like, because I'm like, dude, this is your jam. I love it so much. <laughs> I do love talking about these things. I know. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be so great. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would you like to add? Hmm. I, I'm like, I don't think there's anything really to add into that. I mean, that's pretty well explained. Uh, like, just like, I mean, just understanding the cycles that are present and then like just, just different factors that are at play in this. Um, and I mean, I think just, <laughs> I, th- I just love that, like, you have the perspective of, you know, someone, you, you can speak from the perspective of someone who's like, you know what, not always there all the time. I have to then, you know, be like, nope pause or you know like absolutely not like oh like that is that is your experience my experience is the experience of like what mm. yeah what yeah yeah well <laughs> so, maybe we could talk about how well that's why like i wanted yeah. to like talk about like how that is because it's just like it's like you have like you have all the thoughts that come up for you i have all the thoughts that come up for me and right. like how to like actually navigate that like conversation and how we've gotten here from other relationships as well exactly yeah other relationships like other experiences. Oh, yeah let's do it okay you go first oh i just talked a lot you go first well okay um <laughs> um but 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 but, yeah so i mean like my my experience as someone who thinks about sex every single day ready to go every single day Uh, (laughs) no one is surprised that i am the one that thinks i'm too much uh (laughs) um and yeah like i mean i mean i think it's also a little it's it's evolved for me over time in that like you know when i first uh like in my first uh sexual relationship and everything um you know like when it was like i'm you know i'm like let's go all the time all of that it's like i did also have the part of me of like you have to have sex all the time too right like of like that's the health or the quality of your relationship and everything um and then also that is then reflective of my partner loving me or not loving me or like i'm not good enough right like it's like oh i can no longer prove my worth (laughs) (laughs) can no longer prove my value to her because she's saying no to sex right Mm. um and so it's like that's like how it's like started for me but then like as it's evolved through like different relationships and like how it is for me now but like it I've I've taken out mostly like that cultural kind of narrative of like sex like this is where your worth is um and uh like getting to the point now where um it doesn't like it used to like sting all the time of like when it's like, no, not, not this because I, and I also didn't have the language. Like when I first um, started engaging in sexual relationships, it was like, I didn't have the language to be like, but can we connect in a different way? You know, like, cause I wanted, I just wanted connection. Right. Like it was just like, Oh, I would have just, can we just cuddle? Right. Like it was just like, 
it was absolutely off. And I actually, I, I really understand that because it's like, oh, you know, then the other person is like, I don't want to leave this one on. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I absolutely understand that. And it's like, and it, we both just didn't have the language to be able to talk about that. And so it's right. just like, I just wanted like connection and like intimacy in some way, knowing that that doesn't mean <laughs> any sort of, uh, we don't even have to take our clothes off, you know, <laughs> like we don't even have to do that. But, um, you know, so it's just like, that now for me like where I'm at now um is like it definitely there definitely are points and that's based on like my own sense of security in a relationship like at that point in time like if it's like maybe I'm just feeling insecure in life in general or maybe I feel insecure in this relationship for whatever reason Mm -hmm. and it's like so then it's like that and and it's like okay like we start to like Oh, I'm like, oh, we're about to have sex. It's so great. And then it's like, nope, pause, stop. And then I'm like, dang it. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I like then, but then I feel bad because then I'm like, oh, like I was pressuring her, like, mm-hmm. or I did something. And now, you know, and now it's like, I, you know, like she's going to be upset. And that makes sense. Like, I'm a monster. Like, all, and so it's like, I start to feel like all of the insecurities come up. But like, mm-hmm. if I'm feeling like more secure in myself at that point in time, then I'm just like, okay, like it's, it's still like kind of a whisper of like, oh, see, you're too much or, you know, or just kind of like a bummer of like, ah, I want to connect though. Um, then it's like, but I can then have like a conversation around that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is like, I do carry that. Like, I do feel that within me still of just like, see, I'm too much. And this is, I mean, this also connects into like, for me, the, <laughs> the challenge, the hesitation, um, it's not even a challenge, it's like the hesitation around like initiating sex mm-hmm. because I'm like, I'm ready to go all the time. Partners know that. Like <laughs> I say that I'm like, Hey, look, this is where I'm at. Right. And so, but then I feel like I feel weird in initiating sex because it's like, I don't know if you're wanting sex. Right. And then it's like, I don't want to put you in the situation where you're like, oh, now I feel pressured or now I have to say no. And da, da, da. and so I'm always like, this is such a weird spot to be in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like so I mean, like, I know, like, that's kind of like the part where I'm at now and like my own like uh, growth of it is just to like mm-hmm. be able to be like, because like usually I'm just like, and then this is how it's been in my past relationships too. I'm just like, I'm just not initiating sex. You know what? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just not going to do it because also rejection hurts. <laughs> like, I mean, and it's like, you feel rejected in like, even if like sex was starting to get initiated and then it paused for whatever reason, it's like, it does feel like a rejection to me. And so I'm just like, do I really want to feel that right now? No. So I'm not even going to initiate anything, even if I'm like, ooh, maybe. And I'm like, no, no, not worth it. So that's my own own little area of growth to work on in this. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's just a little bit like my experience of it. Yeah. Being the person who <laughs> is ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and my experience of being 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 the person who is not necessarily always <laughs> always ready to go um yeah like because there is this uh, okay i'll speak from my experience um how i have felt is that i should be 
Right. I should be more like you. Right. Right. Like yeah. I should be, especially as someone who like, you know, for the, a majority of my um, sexual history is with men. Mm. And so uh, especially in that context, I have always felt like I should be ready to go or I need to be. Right. And like the. When I am not, it's kind of a combination of like there's like a part of me that's like it's okay that I'm not turned on right now then there's a part of me that is like um I uh, kind of same same as you like the risk reward like it's just like okay well but if I say no then I have to deal with the consequences of saying Saying no no. Mm -hmm. which again like not not necessarily in an abusive context but just in like a you hurt their ego and Mm so now you have to deal with their hurt ego or you have to deal with like your own guilt for because like when you say no it's like it doesn't feel good to make your even if you're speaking truthfully it doesn't feel good to like see your partner be hurt by your words right regardless of the truth of it (laughs) yeah like it's just like yeah yeah it just that that hurts that sucks um to to see that and to experience that and so then there's like the guilt of Mm -hmm. that and so there is kind of this risk reward it's like well you know maybe if i kind of like do this or da 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 like that'll satiate it enough that we won't we can skirt around that whole like awkwardness hurt thing you know Mm -hmm. um and like as I and I feel like that was you know when I was in my like uh earlier years like pre pre 25 yeah um i feel like that that was kind of where i was at with that um also like i am someone who has um been sexually assaulted uh on uh two different occasions and so that has also played into um and then you know my i've also had relationships where there has been um sexual abuse in the relationship um like using sex as like a weapon just Mm -hmm. like using sex as like see this is why you don't love me or like you don't do this for me or like you need to do it this way or you Mm -hmm. know things like that right so there i have been i do have trauma around this as well and so part of this for me has also been um trying to like on top of all of this, like trying to navigate my trauma. And so I would say that like at 25 was when I really started doing a lot of um, intense, like personal development work. And so I feel like in doing that work, I was because my the the times that I was sexually assaulted were before I was 25. Yeah. Um and so um when I started doing this like personal development work, I do feel like I gained a lot more ability to communicate where I was at and what my needs were. However, my sexually abusive relationship was after I was 25. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it then became this, like, even though I have this language around this, it's still not fully working. Like, I have a lot of agency. Mm -hmm. I'm able to say what's there for me. I'm able to say what I need. I'm able to express what has happened to me so that my partner knows that, which honestly made it way worse um, in that particular situation. And in another relationship, it made it way worse. It's like, wow, you know that this is my, like, sexual abuse history and yet you're still treating me this way this sucks yeah um and (laughs) thank you (laughs) um and so like what that then built for me um with in regards to like my own turn on was that I was not really aware of my own cycles of turn on mm. because it was more inside the conversation was more inside of like why are you rejecting me why are you making this so difficult why are you being this way da, 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 da. and no matter again like if you are in an abusive relationship you know that like there's no logic in it and so regardless of what you say regardless of how autonomous you are it doesn't matter because you're not in a relationship that makes sense yeah. right um so <laughs> fast forward i'm out of this abusive relationship um and then i'm starting to uh get trained i i um one of my certifications as i mentioned was it earlier yeah. in this part? Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for keeping track for me. Um, one of my certifications is inside of the erotic blueprints. And so I was starting to learn more about like eroticism and like all of these things. And it was starting like I was, I was he- even with all of like the personal development work that I'd been doing before, which again, did help a lot. Right having it be inside this more concentrated like specifically talking about eroticism specifically talking about sex specifically talking about pleasure and turn on specifically healing inside of this area was when i was able then to start to do the healing work to actually see that my mm. turn on was more cyclical because again before that i was like there's something wrong with me. Like, I wish, I wish that I was turned on more because I feel like if I were turned on more, all of my relationship problems would be gone. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that makes sense in the context of those relationships. In the context of those relationships, it makes sense, right? Hmm. But the thing is, is that what I discovered in this healing work was that there there wasn't an established safety there. Um, yeah, we're connected yeah. back to all the things earlier in this episode. <laughs> there was not a, and again, I was polyamorous the whole time, and so I was in relationships that were more safe. But because I was still inside of number one, I didn't have, I, I didn't, uh, I was still in the mindset rather. Mm. I was still in the mindset of I should be turned on right. all the time. There's something wrong with me because I'm not turned on all the because I was also conflating. I had that I had that story of 
if you love someone, if you're attracted to someone, then you're turned on by them whenever or whenever they're turned on by you, then you are turned on by them. Right. Like their turn on should turn you on. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that was a story that I had as well. So on top of the fact that I was in (laughs) this abusive relationship um, and the fact that I just I just didn't have this information because I had been operating the entire time, you know, given the cultural narrative around sex, given my past relationships around sex, et cetera, et cetera. I was still inside of this story of. These are how these this is how you get turned on and this is how you should be turned on. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. So I was in those stories. And so when I started doing this healing work and I started learning more about eroticism and turn on and pleasure and all of this stuff, literally probably the most um healing thing that I heard was taking time to rest. It was just like actually consciously resting and not having sex and that was the first time in my life i think i was 30 years old at that point Mm. 30 31 Mm -hmm. um and uh, that was the first time in my life that i had been introduced to the concept of consciously choosing and again different from like celibacy like i knew about like people consciously choosing to not have sex for long periods of time or for their whole lives for one reason or another, but it was usually attached to like religion or spirituality. Mm. But I had never been introduced to the topic of, to the, excuse me, to the concept of you could just rest Mm -hmm. and tell your partners that you're just not available for sex Mm -hmm. until further notice. Like, you don't even need to give them a timeline. Like, you could just not be available for sex. And that's okay. And I was, like, that was so healing for me mm. to hear. Because as the as the person, and I didn't know this at the time, again, because of all of these circumstances, but as the person who doesn't need sex all the time and felt a lot of pressure in that I should want sex, mm-hmm all the time or at least whenever my partner does that was so relieving and healing to be like i could actually just take time to rest Mm. and heal Mm -hmm. and that can look however i need it to look and um and you know at the time i was with someone who was okay with that for a couple of months, <laughs> but then became not okay with that mm. <laughs> after a while. Um, so again, it's also being able to have these conversations. And this is also something else that I say to my to our clients, my clients all the time when they're like, is this actually going to work for me? It, you know, in whatever context we're talking about, like the willingness of your partner is a huge determining factor mm-hmm. in your own healing. Like the willingness of your partner to really give you the time and space that you need in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing inside of that too 
is in polyamorous relationships, one of the things that I've run into is that I'll start feeling more safe with one partner first before I start feeling safe mm. with the other partner because it's a completely different relationship, right? Right. It's a completely different relationship, completely different dynamic. We have completely different histories right. in that relationship. And that has caused tension in the past as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I feel regulated with this person. And so therefore I feel turned on and I want to have sex with them. Yeah. I don't feel regulated with you because we haven't worked past X, Y, Z. So I'm not turned on and I don't want to have sex with you. Mm -hmm. And that that can be really difficult to navigate as well inside of cycles of turn on <laughs> in polyamory. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is that when you feel regulated with one partner and not regulated with another partner as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a challenge. It's a challenge for That's sure. And again, it really does... For me, what I see is that it comes down to the willingness of your partners to 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 work with you mm -hmm. on that. Because if they're coming at it, unfortunately, in this relationship, where uh, in this in this experience, the most recent time that this happened, um, one partner was not willing. Right. Not willing to their their point of view was that um I uh how do I want to say that? Their point of view was that um there was something wrong with them and wrong with our relationship, and I was and I was doing something wrong by not being regulated with them and being regulated with another mm. person, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of funny because then it just kept us dysregulated. <laughs> um, <laughs> again, that's why it really take, and I understand why they felt that way. Like I have a lot of sympathy for why it was so hard for them. Um, and it also, again, takes that willingness to be like, Okay, there's something else good. Like it's not just fault and blame here. Mm -hmm. There's actually something that we can work through. And unfortunately, with that person, that was not the case. And we are no longer together. Mm. <laughs> so um but uh but yeah. I think I think I pretty thoroughly answered that question. That was very I was like, dude, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so again that is my own experience um and there are themes and concepts in there that kind of ring true across across the board mm -hmm. for people um that it's a although i was using like personal details for myself uh in working with clients and other people um and just knowing about people's eroticism in general um that is a pretty uh typical experience yeah. of people yeah and and that's the other thing too inside of all of this is that um whatever you're experiencing is most likely 99% of the time completely normal 
like mm-hmm. what you're experiencing, what you're going through, what you're challenged by around this is completely normal. That's kind of the downside. Well, there's a lot of downsides for uh, how our <laughs> society treats and talks about or doesn't talk about sex. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that since we don't talk about it or we only talk about it in like pretty toxic ways. Right. Um, we don't get to hear and hear from other people about their experiences because a lot of people are having a very ex- a similar experience to you. Yeah. Like whatever it is that you're dealing with, you are so not alone. <laughs> like you are so normal and you are so not alone. I promise you. <laughs> you're not alone in that shame that you are sitting in. Right. Like mm-hmm. the, the shame, the guilt, the confusion. Mm-hmm. Like whatever is there for you, the anger, anger, frustration, pain, pain, grief, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, like you are not the only one. This is totally, completely normal. I'm so sorry that you were dealing with Mm -hmm. that. You know, my heart goes out to you. And also like, these are the things that people tell us all the time on a regular basis. And the number one thing that I get asked about is like is this normal am i normal am i crazy right. yeah and it's just like no you are not crazy like this this apps it's hard it's difficult it's difficult to navigate again especially since we don't talk about it yeah. but it <laughs> is there's nothing wrong with there's you. nothing wrong there's nothing nothing wrong with you yeah yeah anything else that you want to say about cycles of turn on Hmm, anything else on that? Well, one thing is oh my, is that when you start to heal and learn and um expand into what your particular cycle flavor is, and you're able to really share and talk about it and experiment and like sync up with your partners and or like have it be like fun and easy with your partners it is just so delightful (laughs) it is so good it's so delicious and healing and wonderful and it's just like you're like holy shit this is what's possible shut the front door that's the other thing i want to say about that oh yeah what's been helpful for you in in healing i feel like a lot of my healing has happened like a lot of my healing has happened individually Mm -hmm. but a lot of my healing has happened in relationships Mm -hmm. and our relationship is very healing me and Alex relationship is very healing Mm -hmm. and it does go to like there's there's a couple things that I can like point to that are present um one is is that we really can talk about anything like even if I'm nervous because like I'm still nervous to bring stuff up yeah you know I mean you have trauma around (laughs) yeah I'm definitely definitely still nervous to like bring stuff up. Um, definitely still like nervous or f- even fearful mm-hmm. um, to have certain conversations when things come up for mm-hmm. me. Um, but I know that I can. Yeah. 
And that has made it a lot easier to bring things up. And then when I do bring things up and you are really amazing about it Mm -hmm. and you listen to me and we talk about it and um, yeah, like being able to do that is really healing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm able to do that with Alec Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Like I really, that is like one of, I, I'm so grateful for that man. <laughs> There's another suitor that I feel that way about too. <laughs> but we're not talking about him. Um, and uh, so that's present. I feel like I can, I'm, yeah, I feel like I can talk about anything. Um, I also feel like um, even like regardless of what is happening sexually between us, Mm -hmm. that whatever I'm going through will be respected. Like whatever my experiences Mm -hmm. will be respected and whatever I need around that will be respected as well. Mm -hmm. So that could look like saying no like I feel comfortable saying no in the middle of sex Mm -hmm. being like I'm done like this is I've hit my limit or for whatever reason right right? um I feel comfortable saying no so there's again that safety factor is there um before sex during sex after sex I feel really safe and having those conversations I also just feel really it because of that safety and being able to communicate about it my body feels really safe mm. as well. So then during sex, my body feels a lot more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really healing. Um, I feel like there was one other thing. It was, we can talk about anything, even if I'm afraid to talk about it. Um, my body feels more, it, it, that creates safety, which has my body feel a lot more relaxed. Um, and that's really healing. Um Oh, and I think I think the other thing that's really present for both of you that's really healing is um, being able to share things that um, that are more explorative, mm. and that there's no like the word possession comes up. Mm. Like, there's no like. Both of you are like, that's really cool that you want to explore that. Mm. And it's no one is attached to like how that happens or who that happens with. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, oh, okay, like that'd be really cool to do that together. Or like, I don't know if I actually want like both of us have said something like that where it's like, I don't know if I would want to do that with you. Mm -hmm. I think that I would want to do that with this other person or like in this other scenario or Mm -hmm. something like that. And that's been okay. Like that's been completely okay that there's things that, you know, you want to do with someone else that I want to do with someone else that, you know, Alec wants to, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, like being, knowing that and having the safety in those conversations. I think this, and you know, this is specific to polyamory, obviously. Um, But it's like, having the safety that I can bring up things even if I don't actually want to do them with you. Mm, mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's been really healing too. Like the lack, I don't have to like only share with you or like hide things from you or like 
strategize like, ooh, should I share that? Because I'm not sure if I want to do that with you. Because like some things we've talked about mm-hmm. where it's like, I wasn't sure if that was something that we wanted to do together. Mm-hmm. And then as we talked about it, it was like, oh, I didn't even know you were into that. (laughs) Where it's like with other partners, I might not have brought it up at all. Right. Because it's like, I don't want them to now get upset if I do this with someone else and not them. Mm, Yeah. Right. No, that checks out. Yeah. Um, So there's like safety in that as well. Yeah, those are, those have been some of the some of the main thing. I'm sure that I could think of other things, but those have been like the main things that have been very healing for me. Yeah, love this crushing it. Right. Well, you're killing it. Well, cutie, you're cutie. Look at this cute face. Look at it. Look, 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 look. Look at this cute little face. Cute little face. Mm. um anything for you that is in the realm of this is what's possible or this is the i don't know anything else you want to share (laughs) i don't know what i'm saying i'm like what i like (laughs) options Uh... (laughs) um yeah i mean i think it just comes down to like I mean, for me, on on like my side of things, it's it's just like really coming down to like what you're actually uh, needing, wanting, um, and then that just kind of masquerading as like sex, traditional, mm-hmm. <laughs> traditional sex that doesn't happen in queer relationships. But you know, um, <laughs> but it's like it's it's just like oh yeah, like it could just. <gasps> that's been the other thing that's been really healing. That was the thing that I Say that, it. that I. Was it flew away? What was it? Is that um, uh, there can be fun, sexy things without the expectation of sex? There we go. That's what that was the thing that I was like, oh, I know there was another thing. That was the thing is that with both of you, there I'm not worried that if I get too kissy, mm-hmm. you know, or too affectionate, quote unquote, too mm-hmm. affectionate, right? Um, that then there will be an expectation of sex and that has been fucking awesome because i love being affectionate i love being affectionate i love being affectionate i love being sensual i love being like touchy i love it so much and like in past relationships that has been like a oh well you're just leading me on or you're teasing me you're such a tease that's what i used to hear Mm. all the time you're such a tease elizabeth Mm. like i'm not trying to tease you i just want to touch you and kiss you because i love you damn it Mm. (laughs) yeah no that is a thing (laughs) (laughs) i'm just affectionate i'm just let me kiss you you without having sex with you do i have to have sex with you every time i kiss you that's why i stopped kissing you that is seriously that's a real thing no No, that's a real thing like pay attention to all those things um but what was i saying before Sorry, I no, I was like, it's there. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come. Needs, <laughs> wants. Uh, and yeah, like, and thinking that it's like, for instance, if it's like, I just want connection or I want more like sensual touch or whatever. It's like, I don't have to be like, all right, gonna go have sex. Like, it's just like, we can just 
be like, you know, intimate touching that is not leading to anything, right? Mm -hmm. It's just like fulfilling that need or desire or whatever it is. And so um, I think it's just like really paying attention to what you are seeking to talk about, like those different ways to access that together. That is not just like, okay, everyone take their clothes off. Let's have sex uh, every single time, right? Yeah. It's just really getting creative with it um, because like in that creativity, you can create all these different ways of connection because mm-hmm. that's all, honestly what's, I mean, like that's why I love, that's why I love sex is like, it's such a fun way of connecting. Like I love it, <laughs> right? And it's like, for sure. Like, it's like, oh man, I wish we were having sex, but that's okay. There's other ways of connection. And I like doing those too. So <laughs> let's do that because I don't also, I don't want to connect in a way that is not wanted by whoever right. it is that I'm with. And it's so weird that sex is like that too. Like no other activity is like that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you don't go fishing <laughs> then with me, then you don't love me. No, you it know? is. Like, if you don't, what's another, if you don't, you know, in like go bike riding with me every single time I go bike riding, then you don't love me. Right. You know, like sex is just, anyway. It is. And I mean, like that's it is all these weird things going on yeah. with it. And so just like recognizing all these different ways to connect, all these different ways to be intimate. And um, you know, and, and in that, like there's <laughs> that possibility of things is like that also makes healing much more possible, like you shared and what's been like healing for you of just being like, Oh, I don't have to do this, or it's like we could do this and then stop or not do it and blah blah blah. blah. Like mm-hmm. there's so much there's so many more um yeah, just possibilities of getting to know one another and to be with one another that is not just like, okay, we made out, so therefore now we have sex and then yeah, you know, or or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> the the sex escalator instead of the that's fucking real. Like instead, no, of the seriously, week, the just sex. like a oh now and now we do this and now we do. I've had so many, and especially in like hetero relationships where it's just like oh well, if you start kissing, then you do this, and if you do this, then you do this, mm-hmm. and it's just like that's honestly like one of the things that like caused so much anxiety for me because I was just like. I want to do the kissing, making out, being cute thing, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like, and but now I'm now I'm seen as the person who's like cutting someone off or like right. um, teasing or you know I'm doing something bad because I'm not quote unquote following through. Yeah, right. And it's yeah. just like yeah. So so yeah. So anyway, so that's been very healing. And I would also like to get to a point in my healing journey. And I think that I will, like, I think that this is, you know, <laughs> on the horizon, um, where that, like, where that sex can be and sex with like you and sex with Alec, like is really connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be at that level that you're talking about, where it's like, no, it's just fun. Like, it's just a thing that we can do to like connect with mm-hmm. one another, mm-hmm. you know? And I think in my healing from, you know, my past is that I just still have so much charge mm-hmm. around it that yeah. it's hard for me for it to be that. Oh yeah. No, right? I absolutely. And I like, I thought like, <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's also just, you know, being, being in the perspective of me, of the person who's like ready to go all the time, all that stuff. 
it helps like for me to like that we talk about this just in mm-hmm. general like <laughs> talk about your sexual history <laughs> talk about your sexual yeah. history but like to like yeah. understand your partner's experience to understand your experience and how that's all playing together yeah. because it's like yeah like i because we have talked about it I know how like charged it is for you. Right. And so it's like, yeah, okay. I have that awareness, Uh, you know? So it's like, just to be like, okay, let's talk about, or like, you know, I can tell when you're like, oh man, I'm going to fucking say no. (laughs) You know, like, it was like, it was like, oh, we were starting to like, uh, and then you just kind of like, and I can, I mean, I can feel the pullback. Right. Right. And then it's like, kind of like that, like, (laughs) like do I do it do I not do I do it do it you know and like I get it and it makes absolute sense right and so and but because I know you know because I know the past with like from your previous relationships and experiences it's like I'm not taking that on so personally right Right. like where it's just like you are so hesitant to have sex with me right now like (laughs) wow I am there is something going on with me like it's just like okay this is not the vibe right now. Like, she does not want to have sex, which is totally cool. Don't have sex. I don't want to have sex with someone who doesn't want to have sex with me. Like, that like, seems like a pretty simple concept. Right. You know? Well, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, she does not want to have sex. And so it's just like, all right. Like, like just like being like, <laughs> okay, we're slowing down. Right. It's all, it's all good. Like, it's not to be like that, um, like, abrupt like like and then it's just like it's just like okay we slow down right kind of like stop you know or just like things just kind of like okay we're not kissing anymore you're just like you know rubbing my arms or whatever like and it's just like okay you know like all good and so it's just like to understand like just how charged it is it's just like for me to be like okay like this is just what's going on and just to be like okay we're good you know well i also think too I want to say this and then I want to add a a caveat to it it. for people who are listening. I think that that's also because we, uh, our nervous systems are so regulated Mm -hmm. with one another Mm -hmm. that it's easier for us to tell, yeah, tell like when the other person is like pulling back or leaning in Mm -hmm. to things, right? Um, and, and also because we, we do, like you said, you know, we do communicate so much around that, Mm -hmm. that it's like, okay, even though you're not saying something right now, I have a pretty good idea of why you're pulling away. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, even if I don't ask about it right now in this moment, I know that if we come back to it later, like if I'm just like, Hey, like, I really want to check in about that. Right. That we can as well. And so, so again, there's like the, the, you know, healthy, like co-regulation and there's also the communication and the ability and the knowing that we can talk about it if we need Mm -hmm. to. Right. Yeah. And what the, the, the caveat that I want to add to that is that if you can't read your partner that well, that that does not necessarily mean that you are in an unhealthy relationship, right? right? Like just because you can't do that right now, maybe it's a, it is a skill. Mm -hmm. It is. And also like 
Both of us are very trained in listening to our nervous systems because of the work that we Mm -hmm. do as well. Um, And because of the work that we do is, you know, we work with people on their relationships and we work with people on their sex, on their sex lives and their sexuality. And like, we are steeped in this work. Um, (laughs) And so if, if you are not that like sensitive to those moments, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. Right. right? So I just wanted to add that into that add on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back on that add-on. Yeah. And like I said, it's a skill. So if it is a skill that you want to learn, you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is available to you, right? <laughs> it's true. Um, and that's something that we help people with. So um, if that is a skill that you want to learn, um, definitely reach out to us. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that you would like to say yeah i would actually not on this topic oh. um it's an announcement i oh. have an announcement anything else that you want to say? <laughs> anything that, anything else that you want to say on this topic <laughs> and then we'll we'll wrap up and i'll make the announcement anything else that wants to be said on cycles of turn on um other thing other thing that i would say is uh if you know you start to become more aware of like your own cycles Mm. and like your own like it's like oh like usually like for myself if i'm like oh if it's this part of my cycle it's like i usually want more sensual kind of play right you know like we could talk for another 30 minutes we could but very quickly (laughs) no i mean and we could talk about that in another episode but like definitely you know but it's just to like when you when you become aware of this then you actually are opening up all those possibilities and options for yourself outside of just like hey now we have sex so it's just like oh you know yeah i like more sensual things or i just want you know i just want to cuddle or like no i want more of that primal (laughs) type of sex right like it's just to notice where it's at, because then it's also like, okay, if I'm at this part and like we want to engage in some form of intimacy, then it's like, okay, what are our options? Right. And so then you can actually create an experience with one another, creating a game, right? Which we yeah, yeah, which yeah, we yeah, do. Yeah. We do do these things. Yeah. Um, so it's just to like the fact that it's like when you become more aware of this, don't be like, man, see, like. I'm the worst. It's like, no, with the awareness, it's like you can create, get excited about the awareness and what is then possible for you yeah. and and tying that just into like your needs and um, you know, just talking talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally. That would be the last thing. Yeah. I would add in. Announcement. Announcement is that. I have a coaching certification program <laughs> and that that's what made me think because I was like, oh yeah. Um, uh, so if you want to learn how to, um, how to do, how to help people, um, and this is also going to deepen your own, um, relationships, sex, intimacy, 
um, as well. So I know that sometimes people do certification programs for themselves because it does do a deeper dive um, uh, sometimes than a coaching program does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, sometimes people do that with like yoga teacher trainings. Um, there was definitely people in the eroticism uh, certification that I did, the erotic blueprint certification that I did that actually had no intention of being a coach. They just wanted to, um, have a deeper dive into their own eroticism and to expand their erotic life. Mm -hmm. Um, so my coach's training program starts on February 7th, 2024, and uh, uh, it is a two-part program. And so the first part is about helping um, queer and poly people specifically inside of their relationships. And so if you want to get certified in helping people in the queer and poly community, if you are a relationship coach or want to be a relationship coach, you can get this certification and uh, um, say that you have this like specialty as mm -hmm. well. Um, and, uh, the second part of the certification program is business development. And so now that you're a certified coach, how do you get clients? What does that look like? Because that's a different skill. <laughs> Being a coach is one skill. Acquiring clients is a different skill. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I led this program last year and it didn't have the business development side. And that was the feedback that I got from the people who did it last year was they wanted the business development part of it. And so now that's what I'm going to be doing and offering. Um, so um, if that is something that sounds of interest to you, um, please go to the uh, link tree link in the bio of this. You can read in depth. <laughs> it's true. I was going to say, Lee, help me edit. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> help me edit the um, landing page for this. <laughs> so you can read in depth uh, what this program is, what it provides, the all of the details of it. Um, and if you still have questions or want to talk to me personally one-on-one -on -one before you register, there's going to be a button for you to do that. If you have all the information that you need and you just want to sign up, you'll be able to do that too. So you don't necessarily have to get on a phone call with me, but if that's something that would help you make uh, your decision, um, then please call me. Please book a call with me, okay? <laughs> that's why it's there. <laughs> I feel like people get so weird. I get so weird. I, I'm, I'm, I am people. I'm including, I am, I am people. I'm including people. myself in this statement. We get so weird about talking on the phone with one another. <laughs> we get so weird about it. And, and I promise that this is what I'm, this is what I'm like. Okay. Like I, this it's, is really, it's a great call, you know? All right. It's... Like this is, this is not like my personality for the podcast. <laughs> like this is who I am. This is what you'll get. <laughs> and we'll talk about, um, uh, we'll talk about whatever questions that you have, um, in order to make the decision. Um, and then, and then you can make an informed decision. It's not a sales call. Um, uh, I'm not going to, <laughs> 
I think that's also why people don't want to get on the phone. Yeah. Um, is because oftentimes we get hooked into these calls. I have been, I have been the person who has done the hooking before. And I've also been the person who has been hooked, right? right? And this is not how I run my business anymore because that's not how I want to be. I I run my business like I teach about relationships and building relationships and having people's systems be regulated and having people have information and being able to have consent and to have informed consent to move forward in the best way possible. So again, this is not like a sales call. This truly is so that you can make the best decision for you. Right? Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my announcement. <laughs> awesome. Yay. Announcement. Yay, announcement. Bonus. Bonus. All right. Anything else that you want to say before we peace out? You should get trained by this woman. <laughs> Lee has also gone through my training program. Certification got to be a guinea pig. <laughs> I get the insides. <laughs> would you would you like to give a live testimony? <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what was something that you enjoyed yeah, about sure. about the program? Um, something I enjoyed about the program, aside from I, you know, had a crush on the. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Lee's already like a certified coach and yeah. established relationship coach, and went through my certification program. So, <laughs> what was something? That which was very nerve wracking, by the way. <laughs> it's like, this is my partner. And they're already like, I already know how phenomenal of a coach they are. <laughs> and they're taking my program. So get it together, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, no, like the, uh, I mean, one of the things, <laughs> as you could tell by my notes that I took. <laughs> uh, Sorry. No, I mean, it's... Um, I mean, for me, like as someone who, yes, has been trained in coaching in general, works as a coach, that is my full time job. Like, <laughs> like this is what I do. Um, so it's like I, you know, have that understanding of the art of coaching and um, and also just coaching in relationships. But it's I always just value getting, um, you know, getting training or just getting information and like the knowledge of other coaches that I really look up to <laughs> um, and respect. And it's because it's like, you know, that's the thing with coaching is like there's so many different things um, and approaches to it. And um, but it's like, yeah, like I love how your brain works. And like <laughs> also knowing like just how powerful of a coach you are. What I really enjoyed was like, it was like the behind the scenes of your brain and like how you navigate different things with, um, you know, coaching topics, clients and all that kind of stuff. Like just within like, oh, this is, this is why I would go this way or that way or another possibility is this, this and this. And just the way it's a very like holistic view around like relationships. Um, and so I think that's like, it was <laughs> like the <laughs> hand movement um is that like my very thorough notes like it really was like it just everything always felt so complete mm. like it wasn't like well what about this or that mm. like of course yes there's all these different situations but it's like to 
the training of being able to look at things from all these different perspectives or to tie in something. So it doesn't really even matter if you have an example or not, but it's just like, well, you can imagine of this and how that connects into this. And so just to have like that working, mm-hmm. um, I think is, you know, that's a valuable skill in coaching in general. And I think that's also just something that like, doesn't really get like you dive deep into that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that's just like something that like is not as present in other uh, sort of like coaching training. Uh, I mean, it's not, I mean, obviously I haven't been in every single one of them, but you know, like I, I just based off of like other coach interactions I've had and um, like seeing other people's work and stuff. I'm like, there's, it always tends to feel like there's something missing um, or it's just not as like potent. Mm. And like the, yeah, like the way that you approach coaching is very potent. And so like mm. to see how that all kind of is <laughs> playing and being woven together and like you sharing about everything of how you approach it is just very, it's very helpful in like being able, like I can then just take things and like add it into what I already have. Right. Mm. And um, which is what I have done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, I, I can do that even in like just different form formats of coaching. It's not just solely like, you know, talking with people. It's like, I can do that in like text-based coaching and stuff. And so mm. um, it does, it just allowed me a lot, like other skills to pull into different contexts. And so that, it brings more clarity for people because everyone learns differently. Right. Um, and so, yeah, just very thorough. So, mm. yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Really appreciate you saying that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Even after I put you on the spot. <laughs> hey, you want to live this? What? <laughs> There's an announcement. What? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it really is like, and, um, you know, yes, we are partners. And, <laughs> you know, when it comes to like the coaching, like I really do, like, I just, I'm like looking through the lens of like fellow coach. Right. Like, you know, what? I feel like we do a really good job of We that. do. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think so too. And so it's just like, yeah, if I'm just a coach going through this and, you know, what am I, what am I gaining and like what questions do I have or like, how am I connecting this into things I already have? And like, how does that play off of each other? And mm-hmm. um, so it just, uh, yeah, it just added a lot more like depth to everything for me personally mm-hmm. um, and like being able to take to other, you know, other clients, other spaces. Right. Thank you. Thank you for saying that because that's something that I, um, wanted to convey and so i'm really glad that yeah. that is what you yeah. got a live that's something that, i know you even you. got it recorded i yeah. know i haven't signed the consent form to release though so <laughs> <laughs> i think by like consenting to be on the podcast i think that can- i don't that's not how that works uh, we'll ask dan <laughs> <laughs> everyone will see this testimonial clip all around social media my comment was i did not consent to this. wow <laughs> great awesome fantastic oh my god <laughs> that's just being me me being a little booty <laughs> you're so cute uh, i consent to this being released yes okay <laughs> thanks that didn't seem forced at all <laughs> it wasn't I do consent to that. <laughs> I love you. I do. Oh, I love you. I love me too. So much. You're so great. You're so great. Thank you. 
I just gave you a testimony on how great you were. I know. That was so awesome. I did not expect. Well, I mean, I asked. I, I kind of put you on the spot, but like I didn't I didn't know what you would say, obviously. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Mm -hmm. And that is I think that. Uh, OK, this is the last thing I'll say and then we'll hop off. We have been we've been talking for almost oh, an hour and a half <laughs> now. Thank you to those people who have stuck around. I'm sure that a bunch of people have dropped off. <laughs> um, but uh, not my mom. Hi, mom. <laughs> Mama C. Mama C. Love you. <laughs> um, yeah, the last thing that I'll say around that. And again, just like go to the link tree um, in, in the uh, show notes and you'll be able to read all about it for yourself. <laughs> and um, and yeah, that it is like the art of coaching. Right. Like some coaching certification programs, like, for example, the erotic blueprint, um, excuse me, certification program that I did. Awesome program. Um, and it it is very, very specific. Right. It's mm -hmm. like this is exactly what we're teaching you. This is exactly how we want you to do this. Da, da, da. Obviously, they encourage you. They encourage you to add your own artistry mm -hmm. to it. Um, and what my certification program is more about is teaching you the art of coaching through the lens of queer and poly relationships, right? Um, so that you can serve this community specifically. So I'm really glad that you got that because that is my intention. Look at that. It's so nice. So nice when you have an intention that gets met. It feels so good. You're cutie. You're cutie. <laughs> okay, we should stop talking now. <laughs> 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 all right, we love you all. Love you. Love you, bye. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Queer and Poly podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Drop us a line on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter at queer underscore and underscore poly, or email us at queer for you at queerandpoly.com. If you're interested in coaching with us, follow the link tree link in the show notes and please book a discovery session. We are so very grateful that you're here listening, learning, and growing with us. Until next time, keep loving.